0: This is exactly right.
1: Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome. To so my favorite murder. The miniso. That's right. You want to go first, you want me to go first? Um, did you just go I'll first? go first, right? No, I have to you move. went first, because I went so last. So you go first. So I go first. Okay, okay, great. This one's called Badass Detective Dad, Cold Case Hometown, Fucking Hooray. Sounds about <laughs> it all. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dearest all, humans and animals included. Longtime listener, third-time writer. <laughs> love you all, love everything you do and stand for. Let's get into it. <laughs> In 2001, my badass dad was a patrol deputy for the county sheriff and was the first responder to the scene of a murder. A woman fatally shot and left in a wildlife area near a river about 30 minutes from my hometown. Sadly, this case ended up being cold for years and it wasn't until, and then there are all these like squiggly stars, advances in DNA technology. (laughs) But years later, that they were able to connect the offender to the crime. My dad is insanely good at his job and worked his way up to being the supervising sergeant of the Major Crimes Investigations Unit and continued working on this case for 13 years until the fucker was put in jail for 80 years to life. Ooh. In the middle of all of this, too, they were able to connect the same man to a murder he committed in 1982 when he was in high school in Vacaville. And then it says, I know you know Vacaville, Karen. Mm -hmm. A 14-year-old girl never came home after a party and her body was found the next day. A close friend of the victim has worked for 40 years to bring justice to her case. The man who did it is going to trial for this crime this year. Fucking hooray for justice and two salt cold cases. Wow. Also fucking hooray for my dad, who was turning 50 on 420, which I think is hilariously (laughs) ironic as a NorCal cop who is very much not 420 friendly. (laughs) Few of them are. Uh Uh-huh. And he is finally retiring in May from the Sheriff's Department after 27 years. My dad has made such a positive difference in his many different roles throughout his career, most recently working as the chief deputy coroner. He has kept his head down, worked overtime basically his entire career, and touched the lives of many people in our community. He's advocated for women in the department, gotten dumb fuckers fired for abusing their power, and given the big old fuck you to the politics of the system— says he's a real Ron Swanson type. (laughs) He's taken on the role of social worker, grief counselor, victim advocate, et cetera. Things that he can do gracefully, thankfully, but many, many others can't. Then it says, cough, cough, defund the police and put that money into other trained professionals so cops can stick to their core responsibilities. Yeah. In the last couple of years, he's had some major health issues arise from the untreated PTSD and the physical demand of his job. So I'm very happy that now he will finally be able to focus fully on healing, growing, and his newfound passion, building guitars. Oh. The man can truly do it all. Thank you for all you guys do at MFM. True crime is a big part of my family's life in many ways. My dad will definitely never hear this, but my mom will because she also <laughs> listens to your show. <laughs> Maybe next time I'll send in the story of meeting the Golden State Killer's ex-fiance at my grandpa's funeral. Oh. Or the time my dad and his partner at work accidentally got high on cocaine in the evidence locker.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh
1: Toodles. (laughs) Riley, pronounced like Riley, she, her. (laughs) Riley.
0: First of all, as Riley was telling these stories of her father, I'm picturing... Some old guy mm-hmm. is retiring. And then I was like, oh. And then she said his age. And I'm like, oh, I'm older than Riley Sauter. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> God damn it. Oh, son of a bitch. Oh, son of a bitch. Oh, clearing cold cases, though. I mean, yeah. every time I watch a true crime show and there are those cold case detectives, those, oh, yeah. those usually... I think it feels like they assign people with a ton of experience that are like, they've already done a great job being detectives and solving cases. And so now they're going back to like clearing the hard ones. Yeah. And the fact that people are doing that and they're revisiting it time and again is a silver lining on the serious problem of, you know, of what otherwise is, can be. It's like what's happening to the police in this country.
1: It's a very problematic institution. Yes. As with anyone, there's there's good and bad in it. So,
0: nuances. We just, the the funding, the funding's got to come down and we got to put it into fucking schools. Like, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. They're like, we should arm teachers. And my sister goes, yeah, I would love some air conditioning. Oh
1: my God.
0: How about the fact that I bought Legos for my sister's uh. classroom because she's had one container of Legos that everyone has to she she told me the story of having to schedule <gasps> how the kids are gonna use Legos and I was like immediately just sent her four things of Legos. Oh, amazing. I shouldn't have to no. do that. No. In normal countries that give a shit about what am I talking about? <laughs> Who cares? Sorry. No, it's good. forget it. Forget it. Okay. Instead, let's let's read this email. Okay. This will be better. And the subject line is "Cults, Conversions, Priests." Great. And those those all have exclamation points at the end. Dear friends, I went to an Episcopalian high school in the '80s. If you're not familiar with the Episcopalians, mm-hmm. and then a parentheses it says sometimes referred to as Whiskeypalians or God's frozen people, <laughs> which might be my favorite thing I've ever heard. God's frozen <laughs> people is so fucking hilarious. We like lots of critical thinking, have great schools, have women and gay priests. Hmm. The works. fun. In my senior year, I took without a doubt the most useful high school course out there, Cults and Conversions. Ooh, fun. I love this fucking email so much. Um, It was taught by a thoughtful, avuncular Episcopal minister. Uh, If you don't know what avuncular means, it means uncle-like, which is one of the great words in the English language. I didn't know that. Yeah, right? Yeah. Isn't that a goodie? Yeah. While the premise was, we don't want you kids to join a cult, the teacher wasn't preachy or judgmental. He just had us read and discuss books about techniques used by cults. I still remember the basics. Maybe they will help someone listening. Run the other way if that new religious group is asking you to do any of the following one, isolate from family and friends, mm. two, stay up for services or chores. And then in parentheses, it says sleep deprivation. Mm-hmm. Three, eat their free high carb meals, leaving you hungry, but with a sense of euphoria. What? Free spaghetti dinners. Oh. Free, yeah. It's like sugar and pasta, Weird. that kind of stuff. Okay. You get a big charge and then you crash. Yeah. Also, donate large amounts of money or take very expensive classes. Mm-hmm. And one other technique you will likely be approached by an attractive member of the opposite sex. And then in parentheses, it says, we were still operating in the gender binary in those days. (laughs) (laughs) We watched an intense documentary about Jonestown, and we had guest speakers from cults come to our classroom to hear their point of view. We learned about deprogramming kids who had been swept up by cults and the agony that their parents went through. For our final project, we all went to various cults in pairs to conduct interviews. What? What? Yeah, this is intense. My friend and I went to the nearest location of a large national cult I'd rather not identify. Mm-hmm. Here's my personal editorial, Scientology. Okay. We looked nervously at each other, mounted the stairs and walked into the building. Bam, we were approached by a gorgeous 20-something guy <laughs> with an English accent. Charming. We were offered cookies, oh. herbs, I think, but no other techniques were tried on us because one of our moms was parked just outside with the engine running. (laughs) I've always been grateful for this class as I was an idealistic kid who probably was vulnerable to cults. And the class gave me a real appreciation for Episcopal ministers as teachers and deep thinkers. Mm. Fast forward many years when newly single, my friends insisted I meet this cute guy who also liked music, hiking, and travel. We hung out for a few weeks before he told me that Mm. not only was he finishing up an MBA, he was also getting a divinity degree. You guessed it. He was becoming an Episcopalian minister. Uh Reader... I married him.
1: Oh, I thought <laughs> he was going to just- be in a cult. I was so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> it's like nope. Then he asked me for money and gave me a donut. <laughs> asked me if I. He told me he had someone he wanted me to meet,
0: <laughs> and it was someone even hotter than him. Yeah. It just says, "Reader, I married him, Ellen." And then it says, "P.S. Thank you for doing your own kind of church over the past couple of years."
1: <laughs> what kind of article? Take some Canadian Kit Kat. Why don't you? <laughs> We're God's reheated people. (laughs) (laughs) Good one.
0: madeincookware.com. That's
1: M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's my last one. No, that's not true. Here's my second one. Uh, my co-worker's secret past. Hello, ladies. First off, thank you for doing God's work. Oh, there's God again. <laughs> I have other compliments, but you've heard them all before, so let's get into it. So my coworker, who I have known for five years, recently told me part of his life story. I am first going to give you an idea of this coworker. He is hilarious, but gives zero fucks about his job. He also never talks about his life. He has never spelled my name correctly. (laughs) After having worked with him for three years, I found out he has a daughter and I have the same name, but I digress. Last month, I was doing some work and decided to ask him about his parents. He said, well, my dad's dead and my mom and stepdad are alive. I said, okay, where'd you grow up? He told me he was born in Detroit, but his parents divorced shortly after he was born and his mom moved to Indiana. He then said, my dad was a real piece of shit though. My voice lowered and my tone changed and I asked him, was he abusive? He simply answered, oh no, he was a hitman." (gasps) I immediately stopped typing, turned around with my mouth open and said, excuse me? He tells me his dad was a hitman for the Italian mafia in Detroit in the 60s and 70s and did some really nasty shit. He obviously killed a lot of people. He also had a lot of businesses that were used for money laundering. So he was an entrepreneur. When he was growing up, he would go to be with his dad for the summer, but his dad would rent a house or put them up in a hotel because he didn't want his son in his house in case someone came looking for him. Jesus. Uh huh. When they were out in public, they had to walk separately. And my coworker was to act like he didn't know his dad if anyone was talking to him. He also told me that he doesn't know, but heard some rumblings about his dad and Jimmy Hoffa. Mm-hmm. You see, his mom worked at the restaurant that Hoffa disappeared from. Whoa. But who knows? <laughs> After dropping this bomb on me, I asked him why he never told me this amazing information. And he said, I guess I just don't care. So that wraps up my story. Thanks for all you do. Stay sexy and for God's sake, actually read the results of the background check before you hire someone,
0: okay? I mean, that response of like, I think that's a, it feels to me mm-hmm. like the kind of iron wall you would have to pull down Yeah. to have a relationship like that. That's very difficult. I totally.
1: Think. To still have love for a parent
0: who does bad things. Right. You know. And maybe that parent is just a sociopath. Yeah. And that that is just how it is for that person. Yeah.
1: We don't all spill our guts constantly after meeting someone immediately.
0: Yeah. For real. Like me. Uh <laughs> it's a great way to bond. It is. Trauma. Okay. The subject line of this email is hole in the wall, Mexican restaurant edition. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Which is just like, I guess we have had a bunch of different editions of the concepts of holes in the wall. That's true. That means. And this email starts girl. (laughs) yes, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I have a hole in the wall story for you that had me pissing myself when I heard it the first time seriously. I went to the University of Pittsburgh, home of the failed infrastructure. For real, bridges burst into spontaneous flames, highways flood 20 plus feet so often that we've nicknamed it the bathtub, and a whole ass public bus fell into a sinkhole in the middle of the city a couple years ago. Holy shit. And then it just says, Google it. (laughs) Google it is becoming one of my least favorite phrases that people say, where it's like, quit fucking telling me what to do. Yeah. It's your story, but I don't I don't mean that to you dear writer. I'm just saying it. Anyways, this story takes place in the middle of the college campus in the city. A couple who was out on their first date was walking back from their evening and happened to pass by all of the food and stores on the main street of the campus. As it was late at night and nothing much was open, homeboy had to figure out his own way of impressing his date and then after impressing there's like six question marks in parentheses. Mm-hmm. I guess the date wasn't going well because dude decided he needed to do something brave and bold to show off to his new lady friend. Tell me why this man, all caps, (laughs) scaled the side of a three-story building, leaving his date on the sidewalk to watch. (laughs) When he got to the top of the building, he thought it'd be cute and fun to show off his man skills by, all caps, leaping from one roof to another. <gasps> no. Mm-hmm. Best part is the roof he was standing on was three stories, but the building he was trying to jump onto was four stories. So he either thought he was Superman and was going to be able to jump 10 feet in the air, or he was shitfaced, or he was just high as fuck. As I'm sure you figured out, he did not make it. Oh, he fucking missed and fell between the buildings. Now, Pittsburgh is a pretty old city, so the buildings are pretty close together. So, so close, in fact, that there was virtually no space for this guy to get out from between the buildings once he fell. What the fuck? So there he was, stuck between a bagel shop and a Mexican <laughs> restaurant with about two feet of wiggle room and no way to escape. Oh my God, what an idiot. I mean, in a way, it's very lucky. Yeah. Because he could have fucking fallen four stories or three stories down to the ground. Yeah. With no other way out, his date had to call 911 to get this man. The this is their first date. Oh my god! <laughs> the fire department ended up having to break into the Mexican restaurant at two a.m. <laughs> and bash a human-sized hole into the wall to get this dipshit out from between <sighs> the buildings. Fucking dumbass. Okay, let's not pile on this yeah. guy. He was trying to have a good time. Yeah. He obviously liked the person he was on the date with. Sure. I mean, right? Yeah. Clearly, he was like, press somehow. Hey, hey! Watch me jump! Watch me! Watch me! They got him out after like four hours of care, careful wall ramming, sent him to the ER with minor injuries. I think I heard a rumor that he broke his foot or something. The bagel shop in the Mexican restaurant had to close the next day since there was a giga- gigantic human-sized <laughs> hole in the middle of their restaurants. I know you're wondering, but no, the lovely couple did not stay together oh. after that traumatic first date. I hope you enjoy this story as much as I did when I first heard about it. And then it just says, 20-year-old men. <laughs> Stay sexy and don't go on dates. Yeah. (laughs) It says P from Pittsburgh. Oh, Oh, wow. That is. Yeah. Yeah. That's too much. It's a lot. It's so much. That poor girl just standing there being like. As he's stuck there, she's like, so how many brothers and sisters do you have?
1: (laughs) Okay. My real last one is uh, Hometown on Fighting Book Bands and Winning. Yes. Dear Karen and Georgia, a.k.a. Good Trouble here in York, Pennsylvania. (laughs) Our school district banned over 200 books from being included in classroom curriculum. After George Floyd's murder, teachers had asked for resources to talk to students about the horrific events. The longstanding diversity committee developed resources of mostly books for all ages that envelop diversity and inclusion. In turn, the all-conservative school board banned the entire list from being used in curriculum until they could vet the materials. Mm. This included children's books like I Am Rosa Parks and The Story of Ruby Bridges. Over a year later, after none of the materials had even been vetted and through a student-led campaign, the community and students were able to get the ban lifted. The student organizers won national recognition from the King Center for their work and did various national and local media interviews. The children really are our future." While there are still some ongoing issues with similar requests to ban books, we are now vigilant and are a constant pushback on their racism, homophobia, and transphobia, which bubble up at literally every school board meeting. Yeah. You ask people to do what they can. Speaking from experience, that would be going to your school board meetings where these decisions are made, organizing like-minded parents, students, and community members to show up to the school board meetings and speak, and most importantly, voting. Mm -hmm. We were able to vote out the vice president of the school board that led the ban and overturn a few of the seats on the school board. The last seat available was filled by a former educator who understands the dangers of book banning, and they won by just four votes over a person who was continually pushing for books to be banned. Every single vote makes a difference, as does every single voice. Any individual who gets involved locally will make a difference. Still fighting fascist asshats here in York, Amanda.
0: That is such a great email. Mm-hmm. It is such a nice like directive of here's action you can take. Yes, and it that. really is that thing of like, you know, especially for like Gen Xers and old people like myself, where we never had to take political action when we were yeah. young ever. yeah. And most people didn't vote and it was just like not part of our system. It's yeah, like, we
1: thought it was like the grown ups did it.
0: Right. Exactly. Or people that were like poli-sci majors. Yes. And these days, and I think everybody is obviously becoming very hip to this because of social media and everything else. It's like, you absolutely have to get involved or you're essentially turning your cities and your libraries and all these things over to people who have been caught up in like fascist propaganda where they're acting out of fear and basically being like, take this all off the shelves because we don't want anybody being taught anything that we don't approve of. Yeah,
1: It's they're coming from a place of hate and of, and of judgment and of...
0: Or plain old fear. It's like Fox News just churns out yeah, fear. Yeah. It, it, others, others are dangerous. Others will hurt you. You better get preemptive because others are doing this and that. Mm-hmm. And nobody's doing it based on, oh, I had this, uh, I had an experience and that experience tells me this about this group of people. It's all from their, the like isolation of their own homes. As someone
1: whose mom is a perfect example of that, the the things she spouts that she believes are so absurd and so deluded. It's impossible to get through to her. I promise I've tried. So all I can do is vote to counteract her vote that she's gonna definitely, definitely give at the polls. You know, she's definitely gonna vote. That means I definitely have to vote.
0: Yeah, that's true. And also apparently trying to persuade people who are in a position like that, it doesn't Mm -mm. work. Like Mm -mm. the only thing that does work, which I think you do with your mom, is like you just keep the channel open as difficult as it can be Mm -hmm. for sometimes. It's like you just kind of like keep on... Reminding her, like that what you're accepting as full right. bore reality, I'm here to tell you you're wrong. Yeah. Or I'm here to tell you there's other things to consider totally. besides that one psycho cable news channel. Right. By the way, there's a thing going on. You have to pay for Fox News. So if that's something and it's very expensive, their their licensing fees are going up mm. because of the Dominion lawsuit. So if you don't want to pay for Fox News, call your cable company and tell them that. Yes. Because that is the one way like. That this, this stranglehold that Fox News has on like basically the senior citizens of this country, yeah. it something can be done about okay. it. Even though that was actually supposed to be about book banning and getting involved on a <laughs> it's all community of it. level, it's all of it. but it's all it's all so scary. It's so fucked up. Yeah. murder and here's the important note that promo code is all lowercase so go to shopify.com slash
1: murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder
0: again don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye But here's what's not scary and here's what's not fucked up okay. is this last email. Okay. So we're gonna end on a high note. Good. <laughs> and of course It takes place in New Zealand, the happiest fucking country in the world, (laughs) perhaps. So I'm not going to read you the subject line. It just starts, Hi there. Just want to say thanks so much for all your stories. I've enjoyed listening to them while on long drives in the middle of nowhere with no reception, hoping I'm not the next victim. And then there's (laughs) a little smiley face. (laughs) So here's one of my funny escapades. It's long, but hopefully worth it. I was on a solo trip in New Zealand because my flaky friends all backed out at the last minute. My first stop was Wellington, the capital. The weather was gloomy and rainy, and I decided the next day to take a wine tour. The hotel offered to book it for me and gave me directions to the train station. I took the train to the little town, and when I got off the train, there was chaos, Several wine tours were going on, and I got caught in the shuffle and didn't know where my tour was. Needless to say, a grumpy old man told me to get on the bus because there was a seat, so I did. This is where the fun begins. I was confused because all the people on the tour were Kiwis. And then in parentheses, it says <laughs> New Zealanders. <laughs> it's like, come on. We we're not that stupid. We We've been there.
1: We have been We did been a there. show did there.
0: there. <laughs> And they all knew each other. I thought, wow, this must be a good tour. All the locals are on it. Mm. My itinerary did not match the stops we were at, and I quietly whispered to an already drunk lady next to me, (laughs) I think I'm on the wrong tour. (laughs) She took a look at my itinerary and burst out laughing. Apparently, there is a once a year private tour for restaurant owners and (gasps) wine connoisseurs all over the country that's a five-star experience. Oh my God. Not my mediocre grade tour. <laughs> I was whining with the best of the best. Yes, they all embraced me as we continued in this five star experience, which included fine dining and sitting at oh. private wineries with the owners. Oh, I've had two thousand dollar bottles of wine and two buck Chuck. I wouldn't know the difference yeah. if my life depended <laughs> on it.
1: <laughs> Nobody does. they fake. No, I think two buck Chuck like wins the top. Like award all the time than a blind taste test for the best of the best. It's like doesn't yeah. really matter.
0: No. It's all a scam. We played games, they gave me bags full of goodies yes. and even took me out to eat at one of their restaurants. The wine critic even wrote about me and took pictures <laughs> of me for his article. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> I finally got dropped off at my hotel around 10 o'clock at night. As I strolled in from my full day of drinking and donning my new t-shirt and hat, carrying my bag full of goodies, the staff promptly ran up to me and one even yelled out, she's alive! Oh my God. (laughs) Here's where the fun begins. When I failed to show up to my scheduled wine tour, they reached out to the hotel where I was staying, who let them know that they saw me walk to the train station and get on the train. At that point, I was not seen again, until i returned that evening <laughs> utterly confused the hotel contacted authorities who then pulled surveillance and saw me get on that Holy train shit. and according and according to them vanish into thin air oh my god <laughs> new zealand knows how to look for people i love that immediately They sent out a search and rescue team (laughs) to drive all over looking for me, and there was no trace. They called my phone, but because I was abroad, my phone did not work unless I was on Wi-Fi. I had no idea any of this was going on all day. I promptly called the police when I arrived at my hotel to let them know I was alive and well. Everyone was relieved that it was just a huge mistake. Anyway, I had a great experience, and shout out to the police department of New Zealand for taking missing tourists Mm -hmm. seriously. Truly. It's one of my favorite places and hope to make it back one day. Stay sexy and don't get on the wrong tour bus in foreign countries or maybe do. Yeah. Shilpa, she her.
1: Oh my god, like I I'm jealous in the deepest way. What a cool adventure. What a great I feel like when you tra- yeah, when you travel alone, these experiences happen that wouldn't you wouldn't like if you were in the safety of a of your friend or your you know, spouse or whatever, you wouldn't get into these like really cool experiences the same way. Yeah,
0: there wouldn't there wouldn't only be one, so like you wouldn't be able to take it because yeah. there'd only be one seat. It's like you wouldn't be able to kind of go under the radar yeah. that way and then get into these things where they're like, we're not going to kick her out.
1: We're going to have a great time with her. Oh, I love that. I'm so happy for them. So hilarious. Uh, send us your solo travel stories
0: too. How about? Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah. And thanks for sending all your stories to us. We yeah. enjoy them thoroughly. Truly. Save your libraries, fight the book bans, Mm -hmm. and stay sexy.
1: And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Elvis, do you want
0: a cookie? This has been an Exactly Right production.
1: Our producer is Alejandra Keck.
0: And this episode was engineered and mixed by Stephen Ray Morris. Stephen!
1: Email your hometowns and fucking hoorays to
0: myfavoritemurder@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at My Favorite Murder and Twitter at myfavemurder. Goodbye. Goodbye.